Okay, good morning, beloved. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about casting down the accuser of the brethren. For those who are joining us online for our online audience, uh, I have a little link that I'll be putting below this video. And then if you click that link, it opens up to a PDF file and you have all the scripture references that we are recording today. Okay, so you can use that. Um, so I may not read all the scriptures I've put down, but it'll be nice if you want to go over it later on. We'll just see how, uh, you know, how many we can get across in the time. Uh, so to begin, because we have new people logged in, and I think I want to, maybe I'm going to mention this in every sermon uh, that I begin with. Um, <clears throat> so we're sons of God, right? Each of you who is watching today, from the foundation of the world, the Father chose you in Him, okay? And we were all in Christ before. There were two trees, tree of knowledge of good, e good and evil, tree of life. We were supposed to partake of the tree of life, okay? Adam partakes of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and literally, he was a father and son. Before the fall, it was spirit, soul, and body. The spirit was in dominion. That's why Adam was from that place. He was naming animals. And he, he called a certain, uh, you know, got, got an animal to him. And then he said, this is a cow or this is a dog. He had dominion over things. And the minute Adam fell, he came into another realm. From the tree of knowledge, uh, from the tree of uh, say the, the, the realm that he lived in, he came out of that realm and he went into the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's where this world exists today. It's called karma, right? People say it's based on the cycle of works. So the Hindus call it karma and many other religions will call it a different, but it's in a cycle. And then uh, we were children of God. Okay. And then, uh, you know, we were taken over because uh, the law of sin and death is in the members. Sin came in our flesh. And by default, you landed up doing things that are not good, okay? And, uh, you know, the devil is called the God of this world. And so from children of God, you were given no more. You became slaves of the devil, okay? And then the father sends Jesus, like the second Adam, he goes on the cross and now he redeems you back. He takes you out of this realm. And that's why it says he pulled you out of the realm of darkness. That's the realm that, we, that Adam fell into. And he puts you back into the realm of light. From darkness or from nighttime, he brings you back into day, okay? And that's why uh, in the Bible, it's, uh, God talks about or calls it waking up. He wants his sons to wake up. So literally when Adam sinned, he fell asleep. And that's why you came into a realm where you started calling bad things good, okay? And today we're going to talk about uh, after, you know, when, um, just a common example that I can give you. When my brother was in uh, school, when he was a child, my mom kept changing his schools because she thought the, you know, there was something wrong with the schools, okay? And she knew that every time he hung out with certain friends or certain people, he was in bad influence and they corrupted him in some way. And so her intention was, any parent has an intention of, I want to put you around good is because you're going to grow up to be a good son tomorrow, okay? And then finally she put him in boarding school in Panjshini. And then after he had right influence, he started growing as a mature son, as a different son. And the same way, imagine when you, we were children of God and you were given over and you came into an other, other realm where someone else had control over you. And how bad did the father feel that my children, my own children are now calling bad things good and they've gone to sleep. And then Jesus comes, wakes you up. And what happened in that when Adam partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, his soul, his mind was destroyed, right? Since creation, uh, you know, the minute you were born into this world, you've been fed in certain things. You've been fed in from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you, if you eat this, it's good. If you eat that, it's bad. You've been conditioned 
with a death mindset, with a poverty mindset, with a slave mindset. So everything in your, in your nature, in your mind was a slave to things, whether it was a slave to relationships, whether it was a slave to food, whether it was a slave to certain things in your body. And by default, sons became a slave. We talked about in the last message about wilderness of Egypt, of Israel coming out of Egypt, uh, you know, and God in the wilderness trying to bring them out of a mind of slavery because they've been for 400 years in a mind of slavery under the Egyptians. And he was trying to bring them back to fatherhood, back to dependency on the father. Okay. And that's what renewing the mind is. Okay. And now you've come back to the father. And so how much more now, just like any good parent, just like my mom wanted to have my brother in the company of good so that he'll grow up to be a good son. Today, God wants to fill in his life. And that's what is called renewing the mind. Where the soul that was destroyed by the tree of knowledge of evil, okay, by, uh, by the tree of knowledge of good and evil, now he's bringing back to the tree of life, back in union with him, back to telling his sons, let's call good, good, let's call bad, bad. Okay, giving you life, a life-giving spirit. And so that's the journey. That's the journey. What's happening in you as you even keep hearing, keep hearing. So the minute you become a son, it's a relationship with the father. So just the way after Adam fell, uh, you know, it was the flesh began to govern. The body began to tell him. The spirit died. The soul got messed up because of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the, the flesh started dictating things. That's why what the man started falling into a world where, you know, if he sees it, it's real. If he doesn't see it, it's not real. If a symptom shows up, oh, he's sick. Flesh started governing. And now the minute you got born again, guess what? The spirit, the Holy Spirit came into you. The Bible says you became one spirit with him. And now the spirit is back in dominion. And now the way you're supposed to lead is let be led by the spirit of God. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. And what does that mean? Those who allow the spirit to have dominion in their life or to dominate in their life and put to death the deeds of the flesh. So your spirit man is back in control. And now guess who's going to, Who's going to have authority in your body or who's going to have authority in your life? Your spirit man is going to tell what to do. That's why it says by the spirit, you subdue or subject the things, the deeds of the flesh, because now you're back in control. Okay. And so the father has come back home to you, in you. And now guess what? The father is now telling the son, he let me feed you of the tree of life all your life. The devil has had in charge and he's been feeding you. And now I want to come in because I've come home in you. And now co-labor with me. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Co-laboring, convicting you of righteousness, means of your sonship. Telling you that the, the ruler of this world has been judged. That means what's not of our kingdom. Let's pull it down. And now, even as Christ is getting formed in you, all the inheritance that Jesus tried to give you is coming out. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Okay, and so today we're going to talk about accuser of the brethren. Okay, and how, uh, you know, it's, it's a spirit. It's a spirit of, uh, you know, gossip and backbiting and things like that, which is not in our nature. The minute you become a son, it's no more about sin and not sin. And are you a sinner and not a sinner? You're a son by blood. That's it. That's our foundation. That's where we grow from. And what we do is, after that point, the reason why we pull things out when we see them, when the Holy Spirit exposes them, is simply because it's not in our divine nature. It's not in our divine nature. That's your position. So if you, when, when you know, your flesh flares up with anger, it's not in your divine nature. You don't go and say, I'm angry. No, you're patient. That's your true nature. And you approve that. 
okay and that's where our standing is so i'm going to read um if you open your notes the the devil in the bible has been called many things i'm just going to quickly read through it but i want to focus on something uh, on the word adversary and slanderer okay so the devil in the bible has been called adversary he's been called slanderer i'll go more on that he's been called lucifer that means the morning star the ruler of the power of the air he's been called the god of this world in second corinthians 4 and 4 okay i still remember when i had got born again when i come into the kingdom or rather before when i was questioning things when i looked at the world i was like it doesn't look like god is in control because why do bad things happen why are there earthquakes why are there why do people die and i would reason with my mind and and look like these do, things don't happen in heaven so why should they happen here that means someone is not in control and then it made sense to me when i read the bible because i knew like yes after the fall it was given over to somebody else but did god do something about it yeah he sent his son and now we're back in the church of you and me as sons that we have the authority okay um the one who has the power of death but jesus uh, this is in hebrews 2:14 okay but jesus has destroyed the one who has the power of death okay he's called the ruler of this world the cosmic powers of this present darkness the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places he's called levithian in isaiah 27 verse 1 he's called the great dragon in revelation 12:9 the angel of the bottomless pit in revelation 9:11 he's called beelzebub beelzebub the, the ruler of the demons or the lord of the flies okay he's called belial the evil one the tempter the accuser of our brethren a liar the father of lies okay these are all the words of the devil okay and uh, today just go down i want to take the word of literally the devil in greek or hebrew and it it comes from this word called diabolos which means slanderer or accusing someone falsely so what is the meaning of slander what does it mean to slander the word to slander it means to make untrue or harmful statements about someone the making of false statements that damage another's reputation the meaning of slander is when you're talking about somebody or misrepresenting in some way or or, or uh, putting some dirt on someone's character or making them look not good that's what slander means okay misrepresenting someone and and making false statements about someone's character that's what the devil does okay and um, the word slander uh, you know i'm just taking in greek okay it's unjustly criticizing to hurt and condemn to sever a relationship that's what the devil did in the garden of eden it also means backbiter accusing falsely it also means malicious gossips okay now i want to go to revelation 12:7 and then we're going to go to the garden of eden how the devil slandered god okay and uh, then we're going to just go deeper into the word uh i'm just going to log into somebody sorry someone wants to join in okay uh so i'm quickly going to read revelation uh 12 verse 7 the war broke out in heaven michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer so the great dragon sorry okay so the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world who deceives that means just lies to the whole world that's why i told you you know we are in this realm constantly put forth 
and the devil puts forth illusions. And as a son, if you keep going by what you see, then you fall prey to his tricks. That's why most of your victories in beloved and which I've taught and you know where y'all are seeing even supernatural health in your bodies in, is when y'all don't go by what you see, by the illusions. Illusion means it's there, but it's illusion. Like it's not there. It's not the truth. Okay. So look at this. The, so the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now look at this. And they overcame him. That is you and me. We overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That means through the security of our relationship in Christ with the father and the word of their testimony. That means with what I speak about who I am. They overcame him every problem in your life. Whatever that situation is, you overcome it by the blood of the lamb. That means your relationship is simply not based on works. You're a son by his blood. That's it. That's your foundation where you begin with. Okay. And by the word of their testimony. Now speak who you are as a son. And they did not love their lives to death. Now let's read Genesis chapter 3. Okay. It's, this word is really going to bless you. And so just flow with me in this. Okay. Genesis chapter 3. So God had made everything. God puts the two trees in the two gardens. Adam is called to just tend the garden. Okay. And then I'm going to read Genesis chapter 3. Okay. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, the serpent comes, the devil comes and tells the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So then the woman saw, now look at this, what does the devil go and do? He makes something good look bad. Okay, he goes and slanders the, the character of God. That means he's not that good. Don't go by his word. He's probably keeping something away from you. He goes and tarnishes his character. He goes and slanders his character. Okay? Making God look not that good. And that's why Adam fell into a realm. Even today, you call bad things good. Okay? So look at this. For God knows that in the day you eat of, eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, so now she gets into thinking. Not because the father told her, don't partake of this tree, that, that, that command was given to Adam. Don't do it just by his word, they should have just listened. But no, she gets into reason. She goes into sight, seeing by her senses. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took off its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her and he ate. Now I, I want you to see, later on you'll see, that she just didn't give it to her. She actually went and told the same things that the devil told her. She went and slandered and went and told the same things. Can you see? She, she, took, some, she, she took some hold of some words from the devil and she went and spoke the very same things to Adam. 
and then Adam partook, listened to her, ate of the fruit and sin entered the world. Okay, she did not even know that she was, she, she was with the devil or on his, on his side. Okay, and uh, look at this. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked that they, and, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the days and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave, gave to me, gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So the woman, to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then he said to Adam, then God said to Adam, see this, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, that means the same things that the devil spoke to her. Now she goes and translates them and has told him, told Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Now God's, God didn't tell Eve, God had told Adam. The, com the commandment was given to Adam. Okay. And what does it mean? You simply do things just because the word says so. Because my father says so. But he came into reasoning because his wife or Eve got him something and told him something. And now he made a decision based on that. So, and, so God tells Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the crown for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken and for dust you are and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay. Also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. <clears throat> God slayed the animal. Look at this. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, least he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. And so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. Okay, I wanted to see the first thing that, added, uh, that the devil did was make God look bad. Okay? Before the fall, before even anyone sins or does something silly, first he has to believe a lie that God is not that good. Long before someone can do something bad. Deep down, it's a lie that you believe that God is not that good, that there's something about his character that you don't trust. And that's what the devil does. Make something look, something that is good, look, look as if it's bad. 
okay and that's why compromise and all of these things come about that's where even adultery comes from is is not thinking that god is that good to even make your marriage so beautiful okay deep down it's a sense of god holding something from you and so he slanders the devil slanders god okay and he goes and catches eve and he slanders god he makes the the image of god look bad and now eve takes those very thoughts takes those very words and goes and tells them to adam now does it look like eve even knew that she was listening to the devil it may not and what i want to show today is uh, you know it's not in our nature to be slanderers you can hear things and that is that completely comes from the kingdom of the devil and we are sons of our living god and if you see that in your nature you're supposed to uproot it up it's not in our nature to slander we are just like our father okay we build up we build up um so let's go down in um i want to read i want to read ephesians 5 okay ephesians 5 um be imitate i'm reading it in the uh, the passion translation be imitators of god in everything you do for then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters and continue to walk surrender to the extravagant love of christ for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us his great love for us was pleasing to god like an aroma of adoration a sweet healing fragrance and having nothing to do with sexual immorality lust greed for you are his holy ones and let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form guard your speech for sake of sinities and worthless insults these are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary instead let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words for it has been made clear to you already that the kingdom of god cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of sexual sin or who is impure or greedy for greed is the essence of idolatry how could they expect to have an inheritance in christ's kingdom while doing those things now look what paul says further don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise this is what god brings this is what brings god's anger upon the rebellious don't listen to them or live like them at all once your life was full of sins darkness that is you and me once we have fallen into the kingdom of darkness but now you have the very light of our lord shining through you because you and i are in union with him your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light and the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you goodness righteousness and truth then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our lord and don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them instead reveal truth to them the very things they do in secret are to wile and filthy to even mention whatever the revelation light exposes it will also correct and everything that reveals the truth is light to the soul this is why the scripture says arise you sleeper or arise you who sleep rise up from the dead and the anointed one will shine his light into you verse 15 so be very careful how you live not being like those with no understanding but live honorably on honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes and don't live foolishly for then you will have dis discernment to fully understand god's will 
and don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and your hearts will overflow with joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Keep speaking to each other with words of scripture, singing the psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to the Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. Okay? Now, before I go to read Galatians 5, I want to say, Paul's entire, when you read the epistles, all Paul is talking about is telling a son to wake up. To wake up. And then he constantly, his tone is not about condemnation. He's always compa com comparing. He'll compare the old man and then he'll tell you, but such you were, but now the old man has been crucified. And now take on your new identity. Okay. And what I want to, what I want to show today is, uh, you know, there have been in my life uh, uh, so many times. Okay. If, and if I'm not cautious, I can slander. I can land up talking and be on the devil's side and not even know it. And have this, just this bad mouth of slandering somebody or talking about something. Okay. And what I want you to see, it's not in our nature. It's not in our nature. That's it. That's the foundation because we have the divine nature of Christ. And it's not from the, our father's kingdom. It comes from the devil and his kingdom. And so we don't allow it in us. And when we see it, we uproot it. We are not accusers of each other. We are one body and we have to pull down that spirit that is in us to accuse the brethren. That is accusing that there's something wrong with you. And as a son, what unites us is simply the blood of the lamb. That no matter how much I don't like my brother at home, and I might have, uh, you know, there are things that I don't like with him and there's just constant war sometimes. But what unites us is my blood relationship that I have a common father. That he and me are joined and we have one family. And so what it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. That, that means what unites the body and keeps us together is the blood that we all, we might have our differences, but at, at the end of the day, we still have a common father. And our relationship with the father is by blood. And you need to, as in a body, even as I'm learning to do that, even as a son and beloved, and you know, when I'm teaching things, and I, I might have people who are not even, uh, you know, they don't even agree with a lot of things that we say, and we're pre preaching sonship, and we keep going ahead and I, I have to remind myself that I'm a son by blood and what unites me with the other brethren is the blood relationship. Okay. And I'm not going to allow the, the spirit of accusing and backbiting and gossiping, at least among my brethren. Let's begin there. Okay. I'm not going to allow it. And if I see it, I'm going to approve it. Like if others are doing that's fine, but I'm not going to allow it in me because it doesn't come from my father's kingdom. It's not in my nature. And that's what Paul is saying. Okay. That don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your mind. Okay. Um, and what I want you to see is that Eve didn't know that she was listening. Eve didn't even know that she was listening to the devil. Oh, she took something and she went and took the same words, not of her father, but of the devil and spoke it out to Adam. Okay. And then you see Jesus. Okay. That, uh, you know, this amazing revelation is given when Jesus asks Peter, who do you say I am? And he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And at that time, uh, Jesus tells Peter that, you know, this revelation has not come from flesh and blood, but it has been given to you by my father in heaven. And then immediately Jesus talks about going to the cross and all these things that are going to happen to him. And three days, he's going to rise up again. And then Peter goes and starts rebuking him and says, oh, these things should not happen to you. And then Jesus rebukes that voice that spoke out of him and says, get behind me, Satan. Because he was not, for the things of God or didn't have 
you know, was not speaking of the things that are in the mind of God, but the things that are in the world are not of God, of the devil, basically. And that's why he rebuked him and said, get behind me, Satan. Okay. And if you see that in you, you're supposed to approve it. That's what I say. It's not in our nature to be an accuser of the brethren. Whatever it is, whatever the issues are, you live your life from the place of, you know what, I'm a son. And you learn to look at your, the other person as a son and just give life to wherever you see life. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's go now. Um, let's read Galatians 5. Okay, let's read Galatians chapter 5. Uh, flow with me in this. It's really going to bless you. Everything that we, we are, we do it from a place of being a son not from a place of condemnation, okay? Simply from the place of it's not in your divine nature. That's it. Um, opening up James 5, uh, sorry, Galatians 5. Uh, Galatians 5, Galatians 5. Where is that? Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to read it from the, the Passion Translation. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Okay, I'm just going to skip and I'm going to come to verse 8. Verse 7, uh, okay, verse 5. But the Holy Spirit convinces, convinces us that we have received by faith the glorious righteousness of the Anointed One. When you're placed into the Anointed One and joined to Him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Paul is talking to, you know, people who are like you and me. They're sons of God. They've got born again, but now they're still going back to the law or they're keeping a little bit of the law. Still trying to get right with God based on works. Okay? Your foundation and beloved that I keep reinforcing again and again and again. Like your own children, the mother will give whether he's, if she's got two sons, one is good and one is bad. They will still get the inheritance. Just one can govern that inheritance better than the other one. That's it. But she, she will still love them because they're children of her blood. And that's your relationship. The reason why you and I receive all the inheritance from our father is simply because of our blood relationship with him. Okay? And the more secure you get into it, the devil can't hit you with any accusation. You don't get condemned. And now the reason why you grow more like your father is once you're in the security of that love, now you can grow and uproot all those weeds that are in your flesh, that have been in the bad nature. You know, a, a child that is very secure in their parents' love no matter what they do tomorrow, they will still come and own up. Because they know that my, my mother or my father is forgiving. But someone who fears their parent in a way of like, uh, you know, uh, has some sort of relationship that is based on, is not based on love. They can do something bad and they'll run away out of fear. That's why the father, it says, uh, you know, love has been perfected in you. Uh, it says that perfect love casts all fear. And he who fears, uh, you know, there's some sort of uh, fierce torment or there's some sort of, uh, you know, there's torment in that relationship. Okay, and you're not supposed to have torment in any relationship. You're supposed to be secure in the father's love for you. Okay, and that's where I, I tell you that our relationship is based on love. Okay, and not on works. Now look at this. Uh, so Paul is talking to Galatian church, okay? They get saved by faith, but they're trying to get right with God and they're trying to go back to the law. And uh, so in verse 7 it says, before you were led astray, you were so faithful to the Messiah. Why have you now turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? The one who enfolded 
you into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you've embraced. Not at all. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? Deep in my heart, I have faith that the Lord Jesus, the anointed one who lives in you, will bring you back around to the truth. And I'm convinced that those who agitate you, whoever they think they are, will be brought under God's judgment. Dear friends, why do you think the religious system persecutes me? Is it because I preach the message of being circumcised and keeping all the laws of Judaism? Not at all. Is there no longer any offense over the cross? To tell you the truth, I am so disgusted with all your agitators. I wish they would go even further and cut off their legalistic influence from your lives. Beloved one, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to, to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. That means now to allow the flesh to still dominate. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. For love completes the laws of God. All the law can be summoned in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Let the unity of everything in beloved also just be love. Okay? I see sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes I'm a son and I'm a leader. I might be in the role of a pastor, but my identity is rooted in that of a son. And that of a leader. And sometimes I see certain things even happening in Beloved. And I choose not to come and resolve them. Is because you're here, you're matured sons. And in other typical churches, there might be where the pastor gets involved in things and stuff like that. But, and that's for sheep and shepherding. But sons is different. Sons, you're waking up into your relationship with the Holy Spirit that is working in you to your father. And then it's important that you see each other as sons. And you build each other up. And when you see these things, these immature things coming up into your flesh where you're accusing each other, you pull them down. Because it's not the spirit of your father. It's the spirit of the accuser of the brethren acting in you. And so you don't give it room simply because it's not in your nature. And at some point, it's going to create death. And I don't mean physical death or anything. It's just, it's not of the kingdom. It's not life. It doesn't come from him. And so you pull it down. You pull it down when you see it. And you rise above it and start seeing each other as sons. Okay? And giving life to each other. Look at verse 16. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. The Bible talks about the self, that means the flesh and the spirit being constantly at war with each other, okay? But when you were brought into the full freedom of the spirit, that means when the Holy Spirit came, came and had dominion over you, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life, that means the flesh are obvious, Sexual immortal, immortality, immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred for those who get in your way, 
senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums. I've had these temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom, realm of God. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. Now Paul reminds you that, look, you were like this. You were in darkness. You liked all of these things, but now you're not like that. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, all of these things. That even as you allow your spirit man to dominate, you're going to see these fruits manifested in you. Okay? And he says, guess what? Keep in mind, okay, that you who belong to Jesus, that is you and me, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. That means our flesh has been crucified with Christ. For everything connected with our flesh or our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So, so may we never be arrogant or look down on one another for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Okay. I want to read quickly Romans 1. Let me just quickly read Romans 1. Okay. Uh, 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 I have to put Romans 1. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, uh, I'm going to come to, I'm going to read from 8. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolishness and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to their uncleanliness in the lusts of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Now see what happened. And exchanged the truth, truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the, the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to their vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burnt in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind, a dull mind, to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only to do the same, but also approve to those who practice them. Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are, who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Okay, what is Paul saying? Paul is talking about uh, but look at this, in verse 7, he says, he tells you what to pursue, okay? Uh, he tells you eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, okay? He goes on to further in 11, for there is no partiality with God, okay? Uh, okay, anyways. I'm just reading this and I want you to see that um, Paul Stone, again, is about waking you up to your new man. He was talking about where the fall came, okay? Where people had no excuse. God gave them all the reasons to believe that God is God and they still chose to believe the, the, the created things rather than the created one, okay? Where, where all idol worship and things like that come in and then they went into a debased mind. God gave them over to dull things, okay? And then uh, now that we've come into the kingdom, that's where we're waking up. That's where the Holy Spirit is showing you and exposing things to you. And that's where you need to, as a son, uproot all of those things out of you. Okay. Um, I'm going to read again, if you read, uh, you know, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay. He talks about the same thing. He's telling Timothy, he's encouraging Timothy. Timothy is a young uh, son who's come into the kingdom. And Paul is uh, encouraging him, okay? And I want you to read his stone again in this. I want to read Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter, 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Okay. But you know that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers and of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, lead away, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as some names, Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, 
so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt corrupt minds disapproving concerning the faith but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was but you have carefully followed my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long suffering love perseverance persecutions afflictions which happened to me at antioch and at lystra what persecutions i endured and out of them all the lord delivered me yes all who desire to live godly in christ jesus will suffer persecution but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse deceiving and becoming deceived but you must continue and he's encouraging timothy okay but you must continue in the things which you have learned and being assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures now see this which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction <coughs> for instruction in righteousness all scripture is given by inspiration of god which is profitable for doctrine for reproof it's even for correction guys okay for ins for instruction but it is instruction in righteousness the reason why i'm telling you if you see the spirit operating you will not know you know there are so many times i've been i have been guilty of this that's why i'm bringing this forth okay the reason why a church stays together and is united is because you have to learn to see another person as a son guys i've been in churches the minute i came to india the first thing i realized uh, and it comes to culture i saw a lot of like i don't know a better word to say it but like tutu meme going on now in our culture also there is no sense of space we have right like if if a girl gets married to a guy she marries the whole family she just doesn't marry the guy now it comes in our culture and that culture can seep into the church and the first thing i realized why why is everyone involved in everyone's life so much there was no sense of space okay because i lived abroad and i saw something different and then i i realized i was in three different churches at three three different points in my life i never had an issue with anybody the reason why i chose to leave the church was because they didn't preach the finished work of the cross it was always about the word because i knew it's the word that brings forth fruit and it's the finished work of christ that brings forth and that's why people come to beloved and it's the word that brings forth fruit it's not like they met somebody in beloved or they got married or things it was the word they met it outside but they they been maybe they've been longing for something for the longest time they came they heard the word and it bore fruit is because righteousness adds all things to you okay waking up to a son they getting established with their relationship in the blood okay and so as beloved it's it's great that church is community okay but it's not community that will do anything to you and so if you feel like you you come here and you're looking for something it's not the people you have to see yourself and each other as a mature son overlook the 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 minor issues that the bible tells us not have the spirit of slandering in if you see it operating it needs to go to the cross simply because it's not in our nature and then the unity that holds everything together is love okay and that's what i want you to see and so there there are things that can offend people but i'm not here to 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 give you the answer i'm a son i'm not here to fix things it's the word that brings about that fruit in your life and sometimes i see it and i choose not to pick up the phone and say hey what's wrong okay is because it's the word that's supposed to bring fruit in your life and and because you're a son i know that the holy spirit is in you working through you in maturity 
you're not we're not babies we're matured sons okay and let that be the ground let the bickering the backbiting and everything pull it down is because it's the spirit of the accuser of the brethren that there's just constantly accusing and accusing and accusing and you take it down you don't become you you don't get sucked into it what is the accuser of the brethren look at the media the media is the accuser of the brethren uh, is uh, has the spirit of slandering it can make something something good look bad and it, it can make something bad look good and if you're not wise and if you choose you can get influenced by the media and have that same spirit not of god not from his kingdom but of of the god of this world because he slanders and the more you get established as a son that now you can look with righteous judgment and call bad bad and good good you have the spirit of your father and so i can look at media but i choose not to give my opinions of it snared into conversations and have that same spirit with them like it, uh, everyone is doing it but i choose not to do it because it's not in my nature i'm aware as a son and you uprooted out of your soul okay and so the bible talks about all scripture is given by inspiration of god which is profitable for doctrine for reproof even for correction and so i look at this i look at the mirror and i see oh my god these things are not of the new of the sun not of the tree of life this is comes out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil this this is not from the father's nature and i approved and for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work okay so i remember when i was in uh, you know it was it is the word that brings forth so if you're in a place and you you begin to see certain things with people and oh you know someone did this and someone did that and that means you're not you're not getting all of your life from the father from the holy spirit that is in you because when you're getting your life from the holy spirit from the word you're so busy with what the holy spirit is doing in you and through you that you can't even look at other people and what they're doing it's when you forgotten your son you get into these small small little things okay and as sons grow out of it come out of it get back into your personal relationship with the father with the holy spirit of what he's doing in you and even as you're engaged in that all you will re remind yourself is that you're a life giving spirit anywhere you go you're a life giving spirit that's my identity that's my nature the minute i in my own personal life have got into bickering i have forgotten i'm a life giving spirit and now i've got into the minor issues and looking at people in gone out of the mind of christ into a carnal mind looking at what they've done what they were they doing and i've forgotten who i am and then i take some time out remind myself who i am that i'm a life giving spirit and suddenly those things don't matter anymore okay and i choose to look at the other person choosing to look at each one through just the unity of the blood that's it okay uh i'm quickly going to share the other verses that i put down <coughs> put down there for us are you flowing with me for hearing it's a different word today but it's 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 rich okay and the minute you uproot that is because it's not in our nature that's our point you'll just see more light um okay let's go down to i'm quickly going to read some verses for you okay ephesians 4:29 let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth but only such a word as is good as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so it will give grace to those who hear it 1 peter 2:1 therefore put aside all malice all deceit all hypocrisy and envy and all slander okay talking about other things just just give life 2 corinthians 12:20 
you know, each one of you, even who's watching, each one of us is a son. Okay. And each one to the degree that we are yielding to the Holy Spirit in us, conforming us to the image of our spirit man. That's where everyone is growing. So we don't keep slandering each other. We just give room and just show Christ to each other. If you see something, allow that person to grow at their own pace. Okay. But you don't take, take on the spirit of slandering. 2 Corinthians 12, 20. Perhaps you think we're saying these things just to defend ourselves. No, we tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as a witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. For I'm afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find and you won't like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yes, I'm afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence and I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins or the old man. You have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. Paul only, you know, the way he talks to all of these churches is about waking up. He keeps reminding that you were dead, your old man has been crucified, and now you're alive to Christ. And so wake up. And so when you see these things acting up in your flesh, hey, now you, you know, the Holy Spirit has taken dominion over you. So you have no right to allow them. You can subdue them. You can uproot them. Because it's just going to give you more and more life. Okay? Because we're children of our Father. Okay? Look at James 4, 11. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. Okay, Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, slander, again, be put away from you, along with all malice, but just because it's not in our nature. I told you the devil is called the slanderer. So everything in my, if I begin to slander somebody or I, I may misrepresent somebody to somebody else, you know, sometimes, and this is something that we do in beloved, okay, like I have a lot of people who come and sometimes tell me their things and it. It, it, my, even my mother doesn't know it, okay? I only uh, speak it with the elder that we have in our church. There's one elder that we have leader with the intention and even when we discuss it, it's with the intention to bring life in that person, okay? Because slandering, if I go and tell somebody about somebody in a certain way, that person will start viewing that person in that same way. That means I'm slandering that person and it could just be someone's opinion of that person and we choose not to allow it. We choose not to allow it. And so all of your things is just, my mother doesn't know anything uh, about a lot of things. And we choose to keep it like that because the spirit of slandering comes from the devil. He's called a slanderer. Okay. If it's not giving life for correction, then it's slandering. And we don't have that spirit in us. It's not in us. Um, <clears throat> Leviticus, I'm taking something from the old. Okay. Leviticus 19 verse 16. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people. And you are not to act against the life of your neighbor because I am the Lord. 1 Timothy 5.13 At the same time, they also learn to, to be idle as they go around from house to house and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. Okay, I think they were talking about widows here. Okay, but just if we are life-giving spirits, if there's no life, you don't need to talk about it, okay? Proverbs 17, 9. He who conceals a transgression seeks love, 
but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. Psalm 15, verse 3. I love this. Look at this psalm. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Now, this is from the Old Covenant, okay? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, that is the righteous, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest. Those who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. This is talking about your and my nature today. This is who we are. Okay. Uh, John 4, uh, John 8, 44. And you of, you, uh, this is uh, Jesus talking about the devil. Okay. <clears throat> and he's looking at some of the Pharisees. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Proverbs 26, 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. That means don't pass it on. Don't pass it on. If you hear it, you know, uh, and this is powerful as a son. If you hear something, and that's like a cycle going on and on and on and on, and if it comes to your ears, do you know that as a son, you have the power to break it? And so even as someone comes and tells you something wrong about somebody else, at that time, instead of agreeing, you can actually change it and say, you know what, uh, we don't know how what that person is going through or what that person may have been, been, but I choose to believe that I think they had a purpose for it. And you can change the way as a son, you have the power to change it. And now you'll realize after you did it, after you cut that off, it stops. It will stop. Because you, you changed or you, you made them see something in a different way. You choose as a son to not let it slide by you. Okay? Look at uh, Proverbs 11.9. With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Proverbs 10.18. He who conceals hatred has lying lips. He who spreads slander is a fool. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. James 1.19 This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Psalm 34.13 Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Colossians 3.8 But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and abusive speech from your mouth just because it's not in our nature. James 3.2 For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in word, in what he says, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body as well. 1 Peter 2.12 Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. That means the rest of the world. The ones who are not sons. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Okay? Uh, Proverbs eleven thirteen, He who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets, but he who is, who is trustworthy and faithful 
keeps a matter hidden. 1 Timothy 3.11 Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. 1 Peter 3.16 And keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who re revive your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Okay? That means if other people are slandering you, you just hold your ground. You're a son. And what's going to happen? Those who revive your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Keep a good conscience. Proverbs 6, 19. A false witness who utters lies and one who spreads... A false witness is he who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. Okay? This is not who we are. Jeremiah 6, 28. All of them are stubbornly rebellious, going about as a talebearer. That means talking about certain things. It could be about the pin stars and everything. It's just not in our nature. They are bronze and iron. They, all of them are corrupt. Proverbs 13.3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The, the one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 21.23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. Why did I take this message today? Okay. The accuser of the brethren is it's like a spirit and you don't even know and you could allow it with you or in your conversations. Okay. And as a son, it's not in our nature. And that's the only reason why I'm taking this. Okay. And you need to pull it down because even as any church grows or, or, uh, you know, even as beloved is growing, it's important. You're going to have different kinds of people come in. And you have to learn to see each other just through your brother relationship with Christ. And as a matured son, whenever you see something about that person, you don't allow it. You don't allow the, that accusing spirit of like, oh, this person has done wrong and things. What, what's, what you're doing is you're looking at that person in the flesh. And you've forgotten that you're a son. As a son, we're life-giving spirits. And I have to remind myself, do you know that I have thoughts? I have thoughts too, just like you. Okay, and I have to choose as a son to pull all of that down and not allow it and not allow that spirit. And sometimes it's just like, uh, you know, I'm in media also and you can talk about certain things and it's just so casual and it's just become so normal. Like I read from Timothy, right? Like where God is talking about in that day, they'll be lovers of God. They claim to be lovers, but they're not. And uh, they, they're going after the passions of the world and it's talking about a realm that you will live in, but separate yourself out of it. And how do you separate yourself out of it? Jesus talks about in John 17, I have sanctified them by the word. Through the word, you separate yourself. And so I can be in that conversation. I can keep hearing everything, but I choose not to speak anything or get sucked into it. And I separate myself. Now what I'm doing is I'm sanctifying myself with the word. Within beloved, if you see there are things, you know, you uh, casualness and you're know, getting into conversations and you can separate yourself and it's fine because you're, you're going to see certain things in the flesh pop up with people. And then you choose because your sons look at the life that is in them. And then you just add to that life and you choose to just let go of all the other things. And take not the spirit of accusation. Accusing spirit. Okay. The only reason why you should be is because of the word and allow the word to transform you. Trust me, it's the word. And sometimes I've seen, uh, you know, I just believe like God gives sometimes gold nuggets to people that come positioned very differently because it's too beautiful for it to just be given to somebody. 
And so you have to overlook the flesh to really get that goal. Like John the Baptist, he came, he was smelling bad. You know, he lived in the desert. He probably looked different. Not like the typical person that God would have chosen to go before and proclaim the, the coming of the Messiah. The one before Jesus. Okay? But just God just chose him. Set somebody apart differently. And so choose not to look at the, the outer. We are sons. We do not go by the flesh. Neither do we see somebody else in the flesh. But look at the life in them and just give life to where you see life. Just give increase to where you see increase. When you're in conversations also about doctrines and things like that, I don't look at what, you know, sometimes it's not all together with people and I just go to see where is the life and then I just add to that life. So if they believe there is, okay, let's, let's add to that. Let's add to that. You know, and then you'll realize the more you're adding to that life, it's the Holy Spirit's job to set them free. It's the Holy Spirit's job to set them free and they will get life. The accuser of the brethren was cast out of heaven. It's a spirit, a slandering spirit. It comes from the God of this world, the devil. And we are not the children of the devil anymore. We were always children of God. He made us think we're his children. We came into a wrong world. He made us all our life believe bad is good. Bad is good. Call bad things good. And now we've come back home. The Holy Spirit is in control. And now the Father is governing us from within. You die, Galatians 2.20. It's all Christ in me. I've been crucified with Christ. And now the Holy Spirit is showing me, hey, listen, Priya, that thing in you there, in your soul, you know, that's not of me. That's from the devil that, that came from this world. And you need to uproot it. You need to cast it down. Accuser of the brethren. Yeah, you're not going to accuse anybody. I don't know what they say, what they do. You're not going to be a partaker of that anymore. And I choose to separate myself. Right? And that's why now I'm allowing the spirit man to have dominion in me. Uprooting all of those things because it's not in our nature. And guess what's happening when you do that? More life is coming. More life. You're going to see things shift in your physical realm also. You think it's so, something so small. Trust me, you do it. You just see life in certain areas. You just see suddenly certain relationships just shifted. Because you didn't even know you were engaging with something. It's called a slandering spirit accusing spirit. You are not partakers of it because we are called, we are sons of God. It's not in our nature. So we pull it down. And if you see it, somebody else coming to you with that, you don't engage in it. You show them what it is and you help them pull it down. Put it down. We do not look at flesh and blood. Okay? If you've ever had things with people, a, a, a church is like a, like a, you know, you come to have a bath there. It's imperfect people, not perfect people coming together. Otherwise, you go to heaven, you know. It's imperfect. And so the minute you, you have issues with people, you've forgotten you're a son. You've forgotten you're a son. You're acting in your carnal mind. You're looking at the flesh. I have not had this problem for three years it, because it never, it, I never got my life from people. It was always the father. The word was bringing those victories in my life. And so I was so busy. So when people would come and tell me, I, I would be like, but other uh, things going on in your life, like, you know, I, I wanted divine health and I wanted certain things. I was so busy with that. It was always the word. And so when it's about people, that means you're not resting in your own relationship with the Father. And go back to that. And start seeing what the Holy Spirit is doing because there's just so much He's doing in you and through you that you're so involved in that that it will not make you even look, look at everything else. It's the word that is bringing forth the fruit in your life. And if, if people have started becoming an issue to you, you've forgotten, you've got your eyes off. A, you've forgotten your life-giving spirit. You've started setting your minds on things below. 
not on things above. Okay, and let the unity of the brethren, the unity be the unity of faith. That is, I'm connected with everybody because of my blood relationship. That's it. I'm not going to have that spirit. And if it rises up in me, if I see it, if I get into a, you know, some argument or something and be conscious, set, set yourself apart, sanctify yourself with the word and then pull it down. I choose, I'm not going to be a partaker of this. Others can, but not me. Okay. And separate yourself from it. So I'm going to uh, end this word today here. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's going to give you life because you're a son and beloved is growing. And so I, and we have so many coming together. Right. And look at each other as a son, not in the flesh, because our father is not looking at us in the flesh. Anymore. So neither should we look at each other in the flesh. If you see some things in the flesh, yeah, go and correct them and tell them it's not in your nature, not because it's sin and not sin. If that has been dreaded on the cross, just because it's not in our nature. Hey, that's not from our father. That's from something else from this world. And that's how you correct somebody. Remind them righteousness, consciousness. If I see a spirit of accusing, or, you know, it can be even in family, you are, you're irritated with somebody. And now you go and tell what they did and you come and tell the other person and it's going on and on. But it's not the spirit of, it's the spirit of slander. And I'm not going to choose to do it. I see it, but I don't choose to, 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 to relay it like Adam, like Eve did. And the fall happened because of that. Because she relayed something that she heard. She went and told Adam and the fall happened. And then God simply tells Adam, I told you. That's it. I told you, but you listen to her, but I told you. And so your job should be, I don't care if somebody else, somebody else in the whole world, the media is saying something. I look at the word and if I don't see it in the word, my father says it, that's it. That's my decision. I don't, and I can, I can cut off the spirit of slander that's coming off. Okay. Because it's not in my nature. Now I'll tell you what will happen. I'll tell you what will happen when you do this. You will walk in dominion. Something that you wanted to see shift in, this is the way it works. Because now life is getting, coming out of this, the, this, the resurrection life that is in you is coming out through union with him. And the more you become partakers of your divine nature, that's how you inherit. How do you inherit? How do you inherit the promises? Through the, through, uh, how do you become a partaker of the divine nature? Through his promises. And what are his promises? Yeah, this is it. It's not in my nature to have the slandering spirit. To have this sort of accusing. I'm not going to accuse. You know, I'm going to pull it down. I'm a mature son. I'm not a baby. I'm a mature son. I choose. I see all the flaws. I see all of the flesh rising up. But I'm not going to have that. I, I will still not allow my flesh to get sucked in and act like the way my friend is judging it. No, no. I choose to just allow life. And I'm just going to look at that person in love. And I'm just going to give life. I may not agree with the things that they're doing. But I choose life. And my bond of commonness is because it's, I'm in a relationship. We are with the relationship with the same father by blood. They overcame the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's what it means. And that's how you will be united in beloved. Not because of she's good and she's bad and he's good and he's bad. And what did he say? What did he not? No, 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 no. That's we have, that, that is in the flesh. The reason why you're within is because your sons and sons look at each other through the spirit as a son. That's it. And because we're sons by blood. Immaturity is when you're throwing, throwing those things. That comes from the old man. But now we got new creation, life-giving spirits. And so we're together just because of a son. So even if someone comes and tells you something about somebody else, 
be somebody who's clearing out that image and saying, hey, maybe that person said it because of this. And they're not bad. Don't agree with their bad and become a slanderer in that. So that everyone is united. And so constantly everyone is uniting, reminding each other, edifying that son in it. So even if someone tells me something bad, but maybe they have a different decision about that. They're growing. And so you wipe that image. You know, I was at a wedding once and uh, the couple spoke these things about each other. And uh, the guy said to the girl, he said, you make me look good in the wedding. So I went home and I was sleeping and very rarely do I have audible voices. Usually I told you it's, it's Christ in you. It's inside working out as a son. You're not looking for God's voice. You died. It's all Christ in you. You're, he's one with you. Okay. But I heard a voice in my, it came from within. And that voice said, thank you for making me look good. And then I realized that's the father's voice. And he was telling me, I, every time I'm speaking and every time you're speaking, you know what I'm doing? I'm removing the bad image that the, the devil of this world has given God. Making the, the good God that he is representing him back, even to his children. That, oh, he's angry. He's counting your sins against you. He's still condemning you. And that's why you can't receive things from him. And guess what? Every time you're hearing you're a son by blood, that image is getting clear and clear. I'm removing the slander that has been on his name. And that's what you and I are called to do. Just like him, we remove the slander on another son's name. Because we're just like our father. So 100 people are saying bad things. And yeah, that person may have done those bad things. But I'm not like the devil. I'm my father's child. I'm my father's son. I'm not going to slander. I'm going to remove and clean her image. is because the father doesn't see this person in the flesh. She's a son by blood. That's it. We all goof up in the flesh. But we are sons by blood. We overcame the slanderer, the accuser, by the word, by the blood of the lamb, and the, the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And guess what? Every time you're doing it, then you will take dominion. You will walk in dominion because you're not with the slanderer anymore. Okay? I do not have that spirit in me. I am the, my, I'm my father's son. And I'm just like my father. And if he sees through spirit, then I'm going to look at everyone through spirit, through the blood. Okay? And trust me, I'm, I'm learning. The Holy Spirit is training me to do that. Then my flesh rises up and I'm training and I have to pull it down. And so I encourage everybody of you to do that and to have that common ground of love in beloved where we are sons by blood. That's it. And choose to look at each other through that. Okay? Uh, and remind each other that and lift each other that. Okay? So let's just pray. Uh, let's give a tithe of all the, uh, the word that we've heard today. A tithe, a spiritual tithe. What is a spiritual tithe? Okay? Just the way you give tithes in the natural, you give money. Uh, a spiritual tithe is of all the increase that came into your soul right now, of all the life that came in. Okay? You're bringing all of that and you're giving a spiritual tithe and thanking Jesus with all that life and he's going to multiply it back to you. Okay? So just say this after me. Say, Father, I thank you that I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you are my high priest. And right now, I just bring an offering, a spiritual tithe of all the increase that you've given me in my soul. And I just worship you with it and just increase it in me right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that we do not have the spirit of accusing. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. He is a slanderer. And Father, every area in our lives, I just approve all of that. Holy Spirit, just show us your life, your truth, 
so that we can we can remove father we give no place to that in us because we are your sons we are just like you father made in your image we are partakers of your divine nature father and we are life giving spirits just like you we build up father we build up we speak words of life from our mouth we speak that is gentle that is uplifting we see each other through your spirit not through the flesh but through your spirit and father we are mature sons father we remind each other that we are sons i thank you to this